Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lose Your Life podcast with Cohen and Dan. I'm Cohen. This is Dan. He has something very important to say, don't you? No. I didn't think so. (laughs) Okay, so today's episode, we're going to be focusing on three core tenets on how to have a good new year with Christ. Three core what? Tenets. What's a tenet? Um, You're going to have to dumb it down for me. Three main things you need to do if you want to have a good new year revolving around biblical truth. Okay, I can go with that. Good. Uh, so we're going to dive into a uh, one of three points starting here in a second. They're going to focus on things that are scripturally backed, uh, biblical truths that we need to follow every single day as Christians, not just this year, next year, and the year after that, all the way up into the day we take our last breath. And if you're already doing all three of these things, bravo. We're not going to tell you what they are. We're going to make you listen so that if you're already doing them, you still have to listen. So the first thing that you want to do, you want to have a better new year with Christ is pray every single day. Uh, As Christians, I know some people don't read their Bible that much, but Almost everybody prays every single day. And you can say, yeah, I pray every single day. Uh, but can you say that I talk with God every single every single day? Because there's a difference between uttering a repeated thing over and over again. It talks about that in uh, Matthew. Uh, Dan, you might know. Hmm? No, we'll just... talks about not uttering meaningless uh Oh, that's like Ephesians, I think. No, maybe. Talks about not uttering meaningless things over and over again to God because it is meaningless if you don't mean it. So when you're praying every day, maybe make sure you are talking to God and not just uttering things that you say every single day. We've talked about that a little bit, uh, a couple of our other our other episodes, but it says here in First Thessalonians. 516 rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and we're focusing here on the pray continually now I don't know if you you view it as this but when I say when I hear pray continually I hear pray every single day if you're not um if you want to grow in a greater relationship with God, if you want to grow in a greater relationship with Jesus, sorry, excuse me, what you need to do is approach God with the mindset of growing with Him how you would grow with one of your friends. You need to spend time with them, talk with them, learn about them, do activities with them. If you approach growing in your relationship with God in the same way, as you would approach it with your friends, you will be able to grow with Christ and, and grow in a relationship with Him just like you would in a friend. Because praying every day, that's you talking to Him. If you read your Bible every day, that's Him talking to you. Uh, and, and reading your Bible, that's that's learning about Him as well and His Word. Dan, you have anything to... Um, we're on praying, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Cohen told me once that uh, we all talk about praying, but we say it's hard to do, and 
a way to get into a habit is to just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, just start praying. It, it'll become a habit. And just start having conversations with God. Uh, tell Him what's going on in your life, uh, what's going good, what's going bad. Ask Him for help, strength. Uh, thank Him for things that He's done for you and things that have gone good in your life. And don't be afraid to ask for things, too, because... Uh, he enjoys us. He enjoys it when we ask for things. So right. Uh, and what he just said was, if you don't like taking a couple minutes out of your day to pray every single day, and you don't like that, there is one way, one foolproof way to do something you don't want to do and to start to like to do it. That is, do it every single day. Start a routine. If you don't like praying, if you don't like reading your Bible, set a time. Uh, 6 a.m. That doesn't have to be it. I'm just throwing out a time there. 6 a.m. from 6.15, you are going to pray. You do that every single day. And the first week, maybe you're just going to despise doing that. First month, okay, I'm used to doing it. First year, it is going to be like habit to you. You are not going to want to... Uh, replace it with anything in the world. You will have a joy in waking up at 6 a.m. every single day to pray to our Heavenly Father. Are we ready for our next point, you think? Yeah. Okay. That is reading your Bible every day. The second tenet, if you want to have a good new year with Christ for the rest of your life. Um, the scripture on this one is going to be Psalm 1. I'll just read the whole psalm. Or... Actually, I'll read one through one and two. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. If you are reading your Bible every single day, it says here day and night, you will be <clears throat> later on, it says like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Now, when it says whatever you do prospers, Daniel, I know me and you are not very big fans of the prosperity gospel, are we? No. No, we despise that. Reading your Bible, praying every day, going to church is not going to get you more money. It's not going to get you more friends or more fame or more power. But when it says you're going to prosper, Spiritually, maybe I should put it like this. Dan, are you a happier person now that you are saved compared to when you when you were or yeah. weren't? Yeah, and it's not just because like things start magically going well. If you expect things in your life that are of this world to start uh, getting better, which they could, but I don't think it's related anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you expect good things to start happening and they don't, you're going to be really disappointed. Mm-hmm. And God, when when you are saved by Christ, you have such a joy in your heart. And, and it's not happiness, it's joy. And just to describe that, I'm going to tell a little story here. There was a guy who got a phone call from his lawyer and a great aunt of his had died 
and he was getting the inheritance from his great aunt. He had no idea who this aunt was. He just knew that in the will to him was a huge estate and a big sum of money within the estate. So he says, where, where do I go to this state? And the lawyer says, well, here's the catch. The only way to get to this state, it's so much in the middle of nowhere, you have to go by horse and carriage. And it's 100 miles. Okay, so the man gets on, get, buys a horse and carriage with, with all the money he has. Uh, they're, they're not very cheap, uh, what you would, as much as you would think. Dan, I'm sure you know that horses are a little expensive, yep. and carriages are just as expensive. So he gets a horse and carriage, and he rides on this weird, hick, dirt road for Whoa, miles. Oh, what are you talking about, hick? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. For miles, okay. he's riding, and things are not going his way. He's getting bit by mosquitoes. Ouch. Animals are, are, are... They're biting him? Animals no, are biting him? They're, they're scaring him. He, he's oh. not too used to the wild and everything in it. But the thing is, is even though he's getting bitten by mosquitoes, even though he's getting scared by these animals, he has a smile on his face because he knows what's ahead. And so he continues to go on horse and carriage miles and miles and miles and miles. And he has five miles left in his journey. Dan, me and you are runners. We know five miles is a nice little distance to run. We love doing that. He yeah. stops... At five miles until the estate, his wheel and axle breaks, snaps. He cannot use his horse and carriage anymore, and he has to walk the rest of the way, or he could run. Even though his horse and carriage has broken, he is not frowning. He's not, oh, my horse and carriage broke, what am I going to do? No, he, he has a huge smile on his face. And he knows what he's going to go to, and he walks the rest of the way. And that is what is like what it is like to have joy. Is even though bad things happen, even though things that don't exactly make you happy are happening, like getting bitten by bugs or scared by animals or or whatever in life that's making you unhappy, even though you're unhappy, you have a joy in your heart that is saying something greater is waiting for me. Something greater is there, and that thing in your heart is Christ. And so, you want to read your Bible every single day, pray every day, have a relationship with God. And reading your Bible helps strengthen you for that, you know, 100-mile journey or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. I mean, it gives us reassurance, it answers questions, it gives us strength. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it kind of tells us what, to do and what not to do by God's standards. It tells us who God is. Mm -hmm. And whatever you, if you grow in a relationship with Christ, I can't promise that you're going to get a raise the very next day that you become saved. I can't promise that you're going to be able to afford a huge house. But I can say that in whatever you do, you will feel a joy in your heart. And that is what I believe it means when it says whatever they do prospers. Is they feel the underlying joy in their heart of Christ. And that joy, believe it or not, gives charisma. And some would say that charisma is essential to being prosperous. So there we go. We'll connect it into uh, a little Joel Osteen message, huh? All right. <laughs> okay.
Hopefully he doesn't hear this podcast. No, no. He probably doesn't like us. <laughs> Guys, blow us up so uh, Joel Osteen can see our podcast. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. That's all I have to say about the second point. Dan, do you have anything else to say there? Um, you know, I was trying to connect something. I don't know if it'll sound as great as it does in my head. But, uh... Yeah, let me let me go look around. You can keep talking if you want. Do you, can I move to the third point, or should I talk a little bit more on the second? Um. Yeah, we can move on. Are you sure? I can. Yeah, I have I'm a little sure. bit more to say. Well, I'm you. trying to find the verse that's like, uh, in the beginning was God, and the Word was God. It's John one. Is John, it John one one? So yep. is it? It's not First John. No, John it's one John. One. Yep. Okay. There you go. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my own personal experience in reading the Word every day. Uh, I I don't know how long it's been. I've read it every day for at least a year. I think it's a year and a week or so, probably. And I will say, without a doubt, I I was saved around a year and a half ago, two years, but I didn't read my Bible every day when I was saved. Without a doubt. This is the happiest year of my life. I'm I'm joyous. I, I I just feel great all the time. Things may happen to me that are, you know, sad. I may feel hurt because of a physical condition, but I smile. It, everything just is great because I have an underlying joy in my heart that is saying, "You have an inheritance in heaven." And Christ died for your, for your sins. You do not have a punishment anymore. I have a relationship with the creator of this earth. So, now I will say, if you're going to read your Bible every single day, it does take discipline and it takes time. A, a little bit of both of those and, and you can do it. But it, it, I had tried multiple times before this. Uh, before almost a year ago, I tried to read my Bible every single day and I, and I couldn't do it because I didn't have the discipline at the time. And so then I finally worked up to the discipline to say, okay, every single day, reading my Bible, no off days, one chapter, at least a day. And you don't have to read a chapter a day. Don't let me steer you into that message. You don't need to read a chapter a day. Read what is right for you. But if you want to read your Bible every day, it requires discipline. Daniel, you have something? Yeah, I'm not going to go on what I was going to say, but I'll just I'll just read this verse for everybody listening. Pretty popular. Uh, it's from the Gospel of John, the very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God. <laughs> Through him, all things were made. Without him. But, no, anyways. Yeah, it's kind of off. I don't really think it's off topic, though. No, no, not at all. That's I just I'm... encourage all of you to check out the Gospel of John. Definitely. Definitely check that out. John 1 is probably one of my favorite passages in, mm-hmm. in the whole Bible. It's especially, what is that, 1 through 15, where it's just talking about Jesus, and then John. I don't really know. Yeah, it talks about that right John. there is like probably my top five favorite passages. Mm-hmm. Because you start to see Jesus in a 
in a like if you read through the whole testament and then you read that you see jesus in a different way because it says in the beginning of the bible in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and you start to read genesis and you th- see these this us god sometimes i'm referring to himself in creation says us and we and he, you're saying who is that mm-hmm. what do you mean us it's, right. it's, it's god and you read the gospel of john it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he as in jesus christ he was with god in the beginning through jesus christ all things were made without him nothing was made that had been made and once you read that it, it, everything just starts to click a little how you see that jesus and god are almost one you know the father is not the son the son is not the father but they are just there with each other in the beginning of creation throughout all creation it's beautiful Mm -hmm. even an atheist has to say that is beautiful and even in the old testament i mean jesus is there Mm -hmm. right um i think like the story of what are the names Hadrash, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> the three of them get thrown in the fire, and the people watching as they aren't getting burnt are like, "Look, there's a fourth man in the flames." And then another one says, "That looks like the Son of God," <laughs> and it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they got saved, right? If you want to see, Jesus, that was in the Old Testament right. too, before mm-hmm. Jesus. You gotta understand that one. Once you see, once you read the New Testament, and then you go back and read the Old, you you, you start to see Jesus. You start to it starts to click a yeah, lot more. Yeah, it, it's just he's different. all over. I I figure I should say this. I think it's a something nice to share. I was looking at this study, um, and these missionaries went over to some foreign tribe in I think Africa, third world country. Mm-hmm. Some country in Africa, I don't know which one it is, and they are trying to obviously convert them to Christianity. And they take their Bibles and they flip over to Genesis one one, and they go through the whole Old Testament with these tribal people, and they explain all of it. And so then the tribal people, as obviously they're explaining it, and they're going through the six hundred thirteen commands that God gave us and all that, and they're just sitting there like, wow. I have broken the law. What what is to become of me? You know, some of these punishments are death. What have I done? And they're they're reading this, and then they finish the Old Testament, and the missionaries, you know, give them a week or so of just nothing, just for them to ponder on what they've done on the law that they've broken. And then they pick up at Matthew, the New Testament, a week later after finishing the old, and they go through and they explain it all. And they see that Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament has come. And these tribal people get up and they dance and they're they're just so happy. They're having feasts and all this. And they are so happy that the Messiah has come to save them from their sin. And then as they're going through Matthew and they get around the 26th chapter or 27th and they see that Jesus died. The missionaries stop there for three days. (laughs) Three days after they found out that Jesus died, they do nothing. And the people mourn and they weep and they cry because who they thought was the Messiah has died. And then three days later, 
the missionaries say, <laughs> he rose again. He is alive. He is the son of God. He is resurrected. And then they go through the rest of the New Testament and tell them about Jesus and the gospel message. And I just thought that that was just awesome. That is just amazing that you read through the whole Old Testament and it's just you realize how much of a sinner you are. Mm -hmm. And Jesus really, he takes away fear. Mm -hmm. Because I was, I mean, everybody says everything that they want about like revelation, (laughs) right? Like they predict when it's going to happen and all that. But whenever things start going around and maybe somebody is starting to make a lot of sense or uh, things are kind of lining up with what Revelation tells us. Mm-hmm. I just think about Jesus and my fear and anxiety towards that. And really of the everything of this world just goes away in an instant. Because mm-hmm. I know that I'm all set eternally. And I have Jesus right there. Yeah. I better go back and fix something I m- might have said that oh. might steer people differently. Okay. When I said going through the Old Testament, seeing how much of a sinner you are, if you've broken some of the Levitical commands, now I'm not I'm gonna say that not all of the commands in the Old Testament still apply. You know, there's there's different types. There's moral commands, there's there's commands just for these Israelites in that time and mm-hmm, culture. Right. But you know, the reason we still follow the Ten Commandments because it's not for Israelites and just people of time and culture that's written on the hearts of all people that is a moral law yes. not a the Ten Commandments are really what you need to reflect on mm-hmm. if you could put it in a way that's easy to understand yeah if you were looking in a mirror with different commandments written on it and examining yourself it should be the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and then once you get to the New Testament every I don't want to say rule but it's what God looks down upon. I mean, it's not like a rule, but if you're doing things that uh, Jesus says basically not to do, I mean, you're not in line with God at all. And like New Testament, I don't want to say commands. I mean, there's commandments in the New Testament. I'd say commentary on the old commands. (laughs) Right. I mean, he he basically says which ones he should. In a way, and, and so, you know, all 613 commands and like Leviticus and all that, uh, we don't have to follow all of them because that's part of the old covenant. Right. That was We're like part of the new covenant. Their now. old tradition, right? Well, you know, and it was law given to them by God and they yeah. had to follow that. And Jesus came and he fulfilled the law and mm-hmm. started a new covenant, meaning we don't have to go through all Israelite law and follow it. We have the moral law, which we follow with Christ and what's in the gospels and the and, uh, epistles. And right before we move on to our last point mm-hmm. uh, with the Bible reading, mm-hmm. one thing that motivates me and it's really going to motivate me going into this new year with all the uh, resolutions and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I'm in this podcast or even just out in my everyday life, and if, if people have questions, I want to be able to answer them, you know, mm-hmm. and that requires reading the scripture to give them a, uh, basically a God written answer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to leave them hanging or give them the wrong one. And I'm, 
I'm still trying to get better. I'm still struggling with it, but it's just a reminder that everyone should read their Bible. Mm-hmm. No matter how many years you've been at it, yep. everybody should. Every day. But I think that's that's all we got for that point. Third point. Yep. One of the points that people don't reflect upon, you know, they say you're a Christian, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray. But this one right here, people, stu- it's a little controversial. This is the hardest one. Yeah. Some people say you don't need to. Some people say you do. And that is evangelize. Now, can you go ahead and break down that word for evangelize. me? Because when I first started, the act of I didn't evangelism, know. I didn't know what when it you meant. when you evangelize. Evangelizing is basically telling somebody the gospel, telling them about Jesus, and not just telling them about the fact that he died. Because everybody knows, everybody in America that is knows that Jesus died for their sins. They need to know why that's important, and that you get that from the law. You tell them the law. They've broken the law. They they've lied. They've stolen. They've you know broken the Ten Commandments, you're guilty, now here's a Savior. That's what is important. That is the gospel, and that is evangelism right there, is telling people the gospel message and why it's important. And how can we know the law and the gospel message if we don't read it? Mm -hmm. It all connects. How can we evangelize to people if we don't pray for strength and wisdom? Mm Mm-hmm. And people say, well, it's not in the Bible that I have to go out and tell people about Jesus. Listen here. Hey, Matthew called them. 28, verse 16 says, The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, Now, pay attention here, okay? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that's the end of Matthew. Now you say, well, I'm scared to evangelize. I'm scared. Maybe sometimes it's not about fear. Maybe the reason we're not evangelizing is because we don't have enough love. It's not always about bravery. It's not about fear. It's about love. Do you love your fellow human being enough to tell them a message that could save them from hell and bring to them eternal joy, the same joy that you have in your life? Or do you love your fellow human being enough to tell them that? Even atheist Penn Jillette, has this famous quote. We may have brought it on the podcast before. He says, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe there's an eternal life and not tell them about it? How much do you have to hate somebody to tell to not tell them about Jesus? To say, I know you're a sinner. I know you don't believe in Jesus. And I know that if I don't share the gospel with you, maybe you'll never hear it. And then you'll go to hell. And you say, oh, that's fine with me. And then you just go about your business. How much do you have to hate somebody to think like that? If you love somebody, tell them about the gospel because you don't know when they're going to die. Don't wait. Do it now. You don't know when they are going to die. Tomorrow is not promised. You say, I'm going to tell them tomorrow. So you say you guys are at a restaurant. You guys are talking. You say, okay, I'm not brave enough to do it tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. And they get in a car accident on their way home that very night. And all you'd think was, I wish, I wish I loved them enough to tell them that night. 
there's a very, I don't think it's popular, but a very good short film on YouTube you can look up called Share the Gospel. It's about a minute long, three minutes, that will just motivate you to share the gospel. I highly advise go, going to look that up. It's just very great piece of of uh, film. Mm-hmm. You have anything, Dan? I mean, Cohen pretty much summed it up. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to uh, give input on this topic if I'm still struggling with it myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we all have work to, that needs to be done, and mm-hmm. I think uh, we're centered around Christ, so that should be the motivation to go tell people about him. Mm-hmm. And if, if we have a minute left here, if any of you guys are struggling with evangelizing, because it, it's just like a sin you keep going back to. You, it takes time to overcome not having love and, and that fear you do have. And, and it takes time to get this love sometimes. If you're struggling, ask God. Pray to him. Our first point was pray every day. That gives you something to pray about among the, all the other things you already can pray about. Pray and ask God. And he who gives graciously will give to you. I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, How much time we have left? 21 seconds. Yeah, I think that wraps up the episode. Yeah, well, it's December 31st at the time of recording. We wish you from us at the Lose Your Life podcast a very... Oh, I have have a New Year's resolution for everybody. Okay. Listen to all the episodes of the podcast. Listen to every episode of the podcast. Have a happy New Year. This is the episode.